a monumental win for the New Orleans Saints, sullied by, well, losing your starting quarterback. With Jameis Winston out for the season, will it be Taysom Hill? Will it be Trevor Simeon? Or will it be a new addition? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, we're free and available for you on all platforms. And thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. On today's episode, we're going to start off with the big, big, big news, and it's simple. The NFL giveth, the NFL taketh away. The Saints walk away with a humongous win on Sunday against the reigning Super Bowl champion, as well as their division rival, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not the top division rival. We know that that's the Atlanta Falcons. That's coming up next weekend, but still a division rival nonetheless. Winning a divisional game is always important in the NFL. Uh, even with the 17th game added. Now you have this huge win up against the Bucks. You get a pick six by PJ Williams to wrap it up. And that pick six coming on uh, effectively the exact same play that had been eating up the Saints the entire game. Chris Godwin coming out of the slot, crossing over the middle of the field. PJ Williams reads it well, jumps the route, gets the interception, breaks Leonard for that tackle, and then waltzes into the end zone. You get a relentless pass rush late two key sacks in the fourth quarter. Remember, we always talk about the number of sacks is one thing, but the timing of the sacks is another. If you can get them into the fourth quarter and final drives, like what you saw the New Orleans Saints do against Tampa Bay, that is a huge, huge benefit. And then you win with your third string quarterback. Because remember, in terms of a an extended absence, the plan was always that Taysom Hill would be the backup quarterback. But right now, in game, you swap to Trevor Simeon, and there is no Taysom Hill at this time. And then, hey, just a quick shout out to the Kevin Whitehive. A lot of folks waiting for Kevin White to make some kind of a big play or something like that, and you finally got one. He was a leading receiver for the New Orleans Saints. So you get all of that. But like we said, the NFL taketh away. So now Jameis Winston is going to be out for the season with an ACL injury and damage to his MCL as well. He was horse collar tackled by Devin White, who was, let's say, uh, aggressive on the field on Sunday, uh, but he was horse collar tackled by Devin White. And in the midst of being pulled back over his left shoulder, his left knee underneath him buckled sideways. It was not very pretty, um, as you would imagine. But now Jameis Winston expected to miss the season or will miss the season with that injury. So that brings a lot of questions to the surface. What do the Saints do beyond Jameis Winston? What do the Saints do about Jameis Winston going into the the offseason, even going into 2022. So there'll be a lot of things we're going to be talking about over the course of the next couple of weeks when it comes to Jameis. But the most immediate thing is, where do the Saints go right now? So we have Taysom Hill, who right now is still working his way through concussion protocol. So we'll see how quickly he can come out from that. And then you have Trevor Simeon, who went out and won this game for the New Orleans Saints. And then there's the potential to go out and trade for somebody up. A Nick Foles, for instance, uh, you know, a couple of the quarterbacks that are out there that are available. But I don't feel like the that that third option is very likely for New Orleans. I mean, first of all, it wouldn't make any sense if Taysom Hill is healthy. 
You had a whole quarterback battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. You spent your entire offseason trying to evaluate both of these quarterbacks. And then when one goes down, instead of going to the other, your immediate inclination is to go out and trade for somebody. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then have to teach somebody a new system and how to run the offense. All if Taysom's already gone through all of that, just give him the reins. But if he's not healthy, then maybe there is a conversation to be had. Although there's a reason to make argument in favor of Trevor Simeon, which is what we're going to do here in just a moment. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Jameis's game up until the injury. He was uh, 6 of 10 for 56 yards and a touchdown, uh, 108.8 passer rating as well up until he ended up being uh, carried off the field or or helped off of the field. Um, it, his game looked like it was fine going in through this one. And this was one to where it was not only Jameis and the Saints up against Tom Brady and the Bucks, but it was Jameis against his emotions going up against his former team. And he looked like he was managing all of that well. And then unfortunately, the injury. So uh, prayers up to him. And I'll be very curious to see what the Saints do with their relationship with Jameis Winston moving forward and what opportunities he gets to bounce back in 2022 and where that takes place. Because it's not guaranteed that that happens in New Orleans, y'all. It's just simply not. We know the way the New Orleans, not the way the New Orleans is, the way that uh, the NFL is. It is a, it, it, it's an unpredictable, fickle business. So we'll see exactly what happens for Jameis. But I do hope that he gets another opportunity going into next year because he looked pretty good getting started in terms of rejuvenating his career this year. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Trevor Simeon up next. Could Trevor Simeon be the guy to take the reins if Taysom Hill isn't healthy? How did Sean Payton feel about it? What was his performance on the field? All of that. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. As we continue on, do want to tell you about our friends over at Get Upside. This incredible app is going to make it so that you don't have to run around trying to find gas for three cents two cents, one cent cheaper. No, they're going to give you 25 cents per gallon on every fill up just for using the app. Go and download it. It's free. It's at your Apple App Store or your uh, your Google Play Store, whatever it is, whatever device that you use. And when you sign up, don't forget to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN because for your first fill up, promo code TOUCHDOWN is going to get you 50 cents pack per gallon, 25 cents per gallon back after that for every fill up. So go and check out the Get Upside app. Some folks make it $200, $300 per month. You, all you have to do is set it up, and then it'll go either directly to your bank account. You can do it through PayPal. You can get gift cards from Amazon and other brands as well. It's a really, really cool, cool, cool app, and it's really helpful, too, especially if you drive a lot. So go and check it out. It's a really, really cool app, and it's really, really helpful, especially if you drive a lot. It's the Get Upside app for $0.25 cents per gallon every time that you fill up. Right, Huda Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for making us your first listen, especially today. Y'all know how much this means to me, being able to be back in front of this camera and this microphone after everything that took place this weekend. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support and well wishes. Um, and I appreciate you making us your first listen. Don't forget to check out the Trade Deadline Show, our live uh, at Locked on Trade Deadline Show that we have going on. 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Going to get you caught up on everything around the NFL trade deadline, but also give you a preview of the second half. We'll talk MVPs, uh, contenders, pretenders, all of that. You can catch that live from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time over at the Locked On NFL YouTube page. All right, so we want to talk a little bit about Trevor Simeon here, and then we'll wrap up the episode by talking a little bit more about the game as a whole, because I kind of want to recount to you, for those of you that 
weren't there in person, what that experience was like. But first, I want to talk a little bit about Trevor Simeon because there's some argument here that Trevor Simeon came in and had a nice game. Now, here's what I will say. He had some really great moments and there were some things that he did, like the way that he incorporated the wide receivers. That was very interesting. But there were other things that he did that were not very good at all. Um, so a couple of the things that let's just get the stuff that wasn't very good out of the way, right? We'll end it on the positive note. So stuff that wasn't very good, the interception they got called back due to the roughing the passer penalty, not great. Now, had he thrown that pass to Traquan Smith much earlier when Traquan Smith was open, then we'd have a different conversation. But he ended up throwing that one to the end zone very late and it ended up getting picked off. I believe it was Antoine Winfield who went off and did the eating a W thing after Jameis Winston was injured, which is kind of gross. Uh, but when it comes down to it, not a great moment. Oops, sorry. Not a great moment for uh, Trevor Simeon there. And then you saw a couple of those types of decisions, him holding onto the ball too long, him um, off target on a couple of throws into the flats, things like that. Now, let's be let's be fair. This is Trevor Simeon's first time in his first game starting since like 2019, right? It was his first time actually out on the field. So and in that 2019 game, he threw, what, three, six, six passes, six passes in that game. So it, we have to understand all of that. But when it comes down to it, you're looking at what he did versus what he didn't. And what he did do, he did do quite a bit. I mean, look, Sean Payton did not stop throwing the football when Jameis Winston was no longer in the game. That just wasn't a part of this team's reality here. They made sure that they still went after this Tampa Bay defense in that weekend secondary, and it worked out to their advantage. The New Orleans Saints turned over not just the Bucs, but Tom Brady personally three times with the fumble and the two interceptions, and the New Orleans Saints had none. They had nothing, nothing that came out of this, even though they were down to their third string quarterback, and there's still no Michael Thomas, right? You're still working with wide receivers that are, are vastly still unproven in the grand scheme of the NFL, like some of them are proven to us because we've watched them, but are they proven to the vastly, you know, the vast majority of the NFL? No, of, of course not. I mean, some of them are in their first year or, you know, their second year or whatever. But when it comes down to it, what you did see from Trevor Simeon that I liked a lot was his ability to utilize the wide receivers. You had three catches from Traquan Smith, three catches from Marquez Callaway, three catches from Deontay Harris, and a catch each from Kevin White, as well as Ty Montgomery. Those are your wide receivers. They all got a touch. I mean, they all got opportunities here. And, um, you know, Kevin White ended up leading the way with just 38 yards. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, like Trevor Simeon went out there and lit everything up for 300 yards. But, you know, you were able to also win on the ground and continue to run and continue to, to, to beat every, you know, beat that um, Tampa Bay defense to a pulp in the run game thanks to not only having somebody like Alvin Kamara who can run all over the place and that can do everything with the ball in his hands. But you also had the battering ram of Mark Ingram make his return. He led the Houdat chant, by the way, before the game, which was super, super dope. We'll talk more about the game in general as we wrap up the episode. But I think that Trevor Simeon did enough that if Taysom Hill is not healthy, that Trevor Simeon will probably be the starter up against the Atlanta Falcons next week. That's truly what I believe. I, I really do believe that. I don't see the value in going out there and trading for an asset, unless you're able to trade for a very high asset, like a Russell Wilson or something like that, which is just not going to happen. But I don't see the value in going out and trading for, let's say, Nick Foles or bringing in like Mitchell Trubisky or somebody like that and saying, okay, now we'll learn this system when you have effectively the same toolbox as Trevor Simeon. 
I, I just don't see that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints roll with Trevor Simeon until Taysom Hill is healthy. And then once Taysom Hill is healthy, Taysom Hill assumes the quarterback role. But those are the arguments in favor of Trevor Simeon. He did a good job commanding the huddle. There wasn't very, you know, there wasn't much miscommunication or anything like that. And he utilized those wide receivers, which is something that we've struggled to see so far this season. And that might have just as much to do with the injured and hampered Tampa Bay secondary. But hey, give the young quarterback or the the veteran quarterback uh, props for taking advantage of that young secondary as well. So uh, that's that's kind of where I am with it. We're going to talk more about Taysom Hill in tomorrow's episode or, or in the let me say the next episode, because I'm going to try to crank out a few episodes to get caught up after missing Monday. Uh, but look, it, it's it's an incredible situation for the New Orleans Saints that they went through all of that and came out with a win. We'll talk about how they did it and why it happened as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. And listen, y'all, in life, we are bound for a lot of different things. And with Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, discovery, togetherness, rejuvenation, immersion, whatever it is that you're looking for, you can be bound for encountering the un expected. Personally, when I'm when I get the opportunity to go to a place like a beach resort, like we we use this and we went to a beach resort for our honeymoon after the wedding, I am bound to like sitting at kind of uh, kind of poolside or beachside and finding a way to take in the football game, right? If it's on my phone or if there's TVs or whatever and just enjoying myself with uh I, I'm a taco guy. I love me some tacos. So if I can get some tacos from the poolside bar or anything like that, I'm all down for that. But look, as long as I've got a good view and I've got good company, it's an absolute dream to have something like this. And now you'll be able to take advantage of it too with beachbound.com. You're going to be able to find the perfect beach vacation for you, uh, no matter what it is that you're looking for. So what are you bound for? Find out by visiting beachbound.com today. Let's get it, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at how the New Orleans Saints ended up pulling off this 36-27 victory over the reigning Super Bowl champion and, of course, division rival, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this game was absolutely phenomenal to be present in person. The New Orleans Saints fans, the Huda Nation, the Huda Faithful, all of them waiting for this type of win for over 370 days. That's the last time that a win took place in the Superdome, previously Mercedes-Benz Superdome, now Caesar Superdome, uh, with a full capacity audience for the New Orleans Saints. And you could feel it in there. I mean, it was it was palpable. Um, it was overwhelming. It was emotional. It was a lot of things for, for the fans. And you could see it everywhere. Towels twirling, people up and yelling, the dome feeling like it's shaking. I mean... It was a remarkable thing to be able to take in in person. And I I want to talk about what the New Orleans Saints did to get there and and how how they ended up with this victory. And a big part of it is that they followed one of those big keys to victory that we talked about. Not because we talked about it, obviously. I mean, hey, thanks for listening to the show, Sean. Uh, but no, but I mean, you know, you could see we talked a bit about before the game, the New Orleans Saints needing to put together those big, long, double-digit drives that resulted in points. Here's how the New Orleans Saints did there. Second drive of the game, five minutes, 49 seconds off the clock with 11 plays touchdown. That was 75 yards. Fourth uh, drive of the game. These go every other for a little while, actually. Fourth drive of the game, 
uh, five minutes, 16 seconds. This is coming off of the Tom Brady fumble. 10 plays to just go 44 yards. So they took a bunch of time off the clock, despite the fact that they didn't get very far. Did get down to the Tampa five-yard line, though. Just didn't have far to travel. Ended up walking away with a field goal there. You'll take the points. Uh, five minutes, 59 seconds on the sixth uh, drive of the game for the Saints. 10 plays, 71 yards, touchdown. And then in the second to last uh, uh, play of, or second to last drive of the game, excuse me, the Saints took four minutes and three seconds off the clock, starting from their own 25. They end up getting 12 plays, 65 yards, and a field goal, which gives them the two-point lead late. That was a great drive by uh, Trevor Simeon, who led that drive. The only thing were the three, the, the incomplete, the two incomplete passes on first and second down in the red zone instead of running the clock down a little bit more. Everybody has their own philosophy about that. Should they have run the clock down? Should they not have all of that? Uh, I understand. I understand wanting to run the clock down when Tom Brady's on the other side. Let's just be real. Uh, but didn't matter because you know what Tom Brady did? He threw an interception, threw a pick six. So who cares? Uh, but when it comes down to it, the Saints absolutely did one of the things that we talked about, which was establish those big, long drives and be able to walk away from them with points. And so that's why they ended up winning time and possession by over three minutes, three minutes and 33, 33 minutes and 16 seconds. Sorry, I'm trying to get to it as well. It's a big, it's, it's one of those weird numbers. I can't remember. 33 minutes and 16 seconds to 26 minutes and, and uh, 44 seconds for the New Orleans Saints there. And the New Orleans Saints dominated in time and possession. They had three sacks to Tampa's one. They had three takeaways to Tampa's zero. They had only two penalties for 10 yards in comparison to Tampa's 11 penalties for 99 yards. I mean, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints were on the right side of, of a lot of things here and, and, and in a good way. I mean, the penalties things I'm not even really commenting on there because a lot of those penalties were like kind of wild. I mean, the, the three uh, Devin White penalties, I mean, calm down when you're on the field, dude, like chill out. It, it was a lot, but the New Orleans Saints coming out victorious on that. Here's the other place where the New Orleans Saints dominated. 152, 152 rushing yards to 71 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers ran the ball only 14 times while New Orleans ran the ball 32 times. So they made sure that they dominated on the ground. They averaged 4.8 yards per carry on the ground as well. Now, Deontay Harris on his big, uh, on his big reverse Ended up picking up 22 yards on one carry. That'll definitely help your numbers. Um, Jameis Winston helped the numbers for a little while. He was the leading rusher for this team with 40 rushing yards. But you still had a 60-plus yard day from, um, from Alvin Kamara. And you had the big return from Mark Ingram, who continued to you know rack up numbers. I believe he had six carries for 27 yards in this one. And every time he touched the ball, the audience just went absolutely nuts. And again, it just goes to show the resilience of this team. It goes to show the resilience of this community. that. Under no, it's why I'm here today, right? Like, there's no, and I think it was um, Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football who said, You're not bullying the New Orleans Saints. And I mean, if there was any display of that, this was it. The New Orleans Saints lost their starting quarterback, already didn't have their biggest offensive weapon uh, with them in terms of uh, a guy that could do everything, right? And Taysom Hill. They go to Trevor Simeon, who hadn't taken a snap since. 2019, uh, and that was only six throws that he had during that game. And they walk away with a huge win against the reigning Super Bowl champions and the team widely considered to be the best team in the NFL and the team that everybody, including myself, picked to beat the New Orleans Saints. And instead, the New Orleans Saints walk away with a big time home victory, their first 
formal and official home victory of the season. They technically have, are, are two and one at home because of the Jacksonville game, but or the Green Bay game that was in Jacksonville. Uh, but this is the big one. This is the win for the New Orleans Saints. We'll be back at home next week against the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to continue to break down this game. We got to look at it through the analytics perspective. We got to look at it through the film perspective. So we'll get through that. I'm going to make sure that we still get five episodes this week. Thanks again for all the well wishes and for reaching out and for the prayers. I appreciate you so, so, so much, y'all, for, for the support. What an incredible community we have. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, we'll continue on with more here on Locked On Saints. There'll be another episode out later today as we break down our analytics Tuesday and then update any type of potential moves at the trade deadline. Could the New Orleans Saints be looking to bring in a wide receiver? We'll find out. So we'll see if they're able to get it done. Y'all, I appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day. Now that you're done here, make sure you go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show for all the news around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. As always, for everything in between here on the show, you can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Hope you enjoyed this Victory Tuesday episode of Locked on Saints and Trust You That Nation. I'll holler at you.